Welcome to Life Over Coffee Podcast. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode number 148. 148. You can find the show notes on our website, rickthomas.net. I was asked the question, or the question came up, a couple of weeks ago on our forum about homeschooling. And this individual said that he had been taught, or at least it had been strongly implied, that homeschool is the only way to teach children educationally, academically. And he wanted my thoughts about that, and I I made a note, and I thought this would be a good Life Over Coffee podcast because this is a regular problem or a regular issue or a question maybe would be the best way to say it that a lot of parents have because that is a decision that we all have to make when it comes to the education of our children. Do we homeschool? Do we send them to a private school like a Christian school, or do we send them to public school? I want to deal with that idea in this podcast. And if you want to look at the show notes, I have quite a few questions that I want to present to you. And I put a lot of this podcast in question format because my goal, my aim is that you will take this podcast and that you will use it to talk to someone, if you're married, that would be your spouse, and that you two talk about this so that you can wrestle through this idea of how to educate your children. If you're not married, if you're a single mom, and if you're a single dad and you're charged with Uh, educating your children, then it would be great for you to uh, find someone that you are comfortable with, that you can talk to at this level, and that you have confidence in their competence. And they will give you excellent feedback, of course, anytime that you're talking with a friend at a deeper level of the things that pertain to life and godliness, you do want competence. You, you want someone who is well-versed in Scripture. You also want someone who is compassionate. They're not going to be harsh or dismissive or unkind to you. And then the third element is courage. You want someone who will be courageous. And what I mean by that is they will not rubber stamp you. They will not be afraid of you. There are two ditches that they could fall into. One, they could be harsh, unkind, dismissive uncharitable. That's the mean ditch. But then the other ditch on the other side of the road is they can struggle with fear of man, and there could be things that they want to say to you, but they do not have the the courage and the biblical love to communicate the truth to you in the way that you need to hear it. And so there are two ditches that you want to stay out of. But when it comes to this decision of homeschooling, private school, public school, you do want to make that decision in community. Now, of course, if we can help you with this, we would love to engage you. What I would want you to do is to continue to listen to this podcast and listen to all that I have to say, but I am aware that your situation is unique. There is no other family in the world that is exactly like you. And so you have peculiar problems. You have unique issues. You have personal decisions that you have to wrestle through that pertain to you. 
and we would love to come alongside you. Now, if we, if, if you're okay with that, what I would need for you to do is to go on our website, rickthomas.net. Make sure that you have your username and password. Someone will write in and say that, I tried to get on your free forum, but it wouldn't let me on. Well, the reason it wouldn't let you on is because you either didn't have a username or and password or you were not logged in, but you do have to be logged in. Now, your username and password is free. Our forum is free as well. It's provided to you by the people who support our ministry. And so what I want you to do is to get on our free public forum and ask your questions so that we can customize this uh, problem, this question, this situation that you have, that we can customize it to you and to your unique family dynamic. It is episode 148. The title of it is, Is Homeschool the Only Option for you. This is how the question was put to me. Do you believe that the Bible teaches it's every parent's responsibility to homeschool their kids? Some people teach that you can make a case for this worldview in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. What do you say? There it is. Now, perhaps you have a question that you would like for me to put in the Life Over Coffee series. I was talking with Ellen a few days ago from Colorado Springs, and she said, I have some things that I want to send in to you that you'll do a podcast on. Well, I would love to consider it, Ellen, and anyone else that say, hey, would you devote 30 minutes to this question? Well, send it in. Let me consider it. It may be something that will be applicable to a lot of people. If it's applicable to a lot of people, I will strongly consider it for a Life Over Coffee podcast. I would love to do it, as this one here is. And so send in your question and your thoughts, as this person did, and I will interact with you. The first thing that I want to do as we go about tackling this idea as to whether homeschool is the only option for you is I want to look at the text that the person referenced. You more than likely are familiar with this passage of Scripture as Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Now, I, I, I did not know that people were taking this passage of Scripture and saying that this passage of Scripture teaches that you should homeschool your children. I didn't know that was happening, but I must say that I'm not surprised. Now, the person didn't say that they were explicitly teaching that Deuteronomy teaches that you should homeschool only, but that was the strong vibe that they were receiving from the these people who were advocating a a homeschool worldview and and they were using Deuteronomy 6 4 through 9 as i would say they were proof texting proof texting is when you have an idea and then you go inside the bible and find a verse to support your idea and that is that's not good by the way you want your ideas to be derived from Scripture. You don't want to have an idea and go find a Bible verse to and try to cobble it all together and paste a Bible verse on the side of your idea to spiritualize it. You don't want to do that. That's called proof texting, and it's a bad idea. Here, here is what Deuteronomy 6 
says, verses 4 through 9, Hear, O Israel. Now, that's important. He's talking to Israel, so he's not talking to you or me. You can't make a, a direct interpretation that he's speaking to a 2018, 2018 individual, a Gentile who has been regenerated, born again by the power of God. He's saying, Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Now, Jesus took this idea in Matthew 22, 36 through 40, and said these are the two great commandments, and that is, that is true. Now, those are directly applicable to us. And then he went on to say that these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children He's talking about teaching the children the Bible. And she'll talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. Now he's giving you a methodology. Not only is he telling them what they should do, love the Lord God with all their heart, soul, and with all their might, and that uh, you also should teach these ideas that Moses is laying out for the children of Israel. You should teach them to your children, and here's the methodology. When you sit in your house, you should be talking about this. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise, the idea is pretty clear here. You want to teach them the Bible all the time. And then he goes on to say, You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And, of course, he's talking to Israel, and these are the things that they did before the New Testament. These are things that they did in the Old Testament. Now, my friend is saying that, that some of his teachers are making a strong case that what Moses was really saying— or strongly implying, is that we need to home school. And they were deriving that from that text. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That is not what that text is teaching. And if you derive homeschooling out of that text, you really have to do some serious Bible interpretation uh, gymnastics to be able to draw that out there. A Bible text only says one thing. It only teaches one idea, not two things, not three things, not four. It teaches one thing. What we want to do is to make sure that we carefully interpret the one thing that the Bible text is teaching. Now, you can make applications, but you want to make sure that as you make your applications, which can be multiple things, You can apply it in many ways, but you want to be careful that you're not what we call eisegesis. Eisegesis is is reading into the text and making the text say something that the text is not saying. And, And reading into this text and saying that it teaches this idea of homeschool, well, that's an eisegetical rendering of this passage of Scripture because It's just not there. What we're talking about with homeschool, public school, Christian school, private school, what we're talking about is a secondary matter. And the truth is, when it comes to the Bible and how you uh, educate your children, the Bible does not tell you explicitly how you should go about this. 
Not only that, this is a secondary matter, a tertiary matter. It's not a primary matter. It's not a primary matter that the Bible speaks to. And when it comes to secondary and tertiary matters, you want to make sure that you draw a distinction between the articles A and the. There is a way of doing things, and then there is the way of doing things. For example, when it comes to the gospel, there is only one way to be saved. It is the way. Jesus is the way. He's not a way. He is the way. And there are some things, many other things, that the Bible is clear about. And then there is a way, meaning you can do it one way and I can do it another way, and it really depends on the situation. And when it comes to educating your children in secular academics, which is what we're talking about, we're not even talking about teaching them the Bible. We're talking about teaching them science and history and literature and math and grammar. We're teaching them secular academics. And when you are teaching a child secular academics, there, there's not the way of doing it. It is always absolutely 100% of the time a way. And it will differ from parent to parent, from family to family. Now, not only that, but it will differ from child to child. You do not want to go, you don't do, you shouldn't do any of your parent parenting in a cookie cutter format, meaning I raised this child this way and I raised the other children, if you have more than one, the same way. Now, there's some overarching goals and values that you have for your family, but there's also a uniqueness to each child. And so what will work well with one child might not work well with the other child. Now, if you have more than one child, you know this to be true. You can't do the same thing with every child because every child is not the same and so not only are there distinctions from family to family as far as how you go about academically training your children, but there is unique, uniqueness within the family dynamic going from child to child. And so homeschooling, public schooling, private schooling, whatever kind of private school we're talking about, in many cases we're talking about Christian schools, but that's not the only kind of private education. But regardless of what we're talking about here, they fall under the article A, not the article V. There is a way for fulfilling the secondary matter regarding children. There is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to school choice, and you cannot derive a mandate out of Scripture that says this is the way and you must walk in it when it comes to secular academics. Each parent has to consider the best option for each unique child. Now, here are four ideas that you want to consider. I'm going to give you a lot more. And again, you can look at these show notes. I would encourage you to do that. Episode 148, the title is Homeschool, the only option for you. Just in case I was not clear, the answer is absolutely not. It is not the only way to train your children in a secular education. 
academically training your children in math, grammar, literature, and science, and history, and all the other things. P.E. Don't forget P.E. It was my favorite class. But here are four things that I want you to, to think about. And I'll put these in question format, so hopefully it will provoke you in a good way to, to think deeply and broadly about this idea of school choice for your child or for your children. The first one is spirit-led. How is God leading your family? Not how is God leading the other family in your church or the 20 other families in your church. And I, I know in some churches this can really be a problem because you can have the homeschool church. And if you go to the homeschool church or the private school, uh, Christian school church or the public school church, whatever it is, sometimes we can be a little bit self-righteous. And sometimes we can, uh, we can give off this vibe that this is the way. And if you're not doing it the way we're doing it, and this can really be problematic for the children as well. If everybody in your church is homeschool and you uh, send your children to public school, which is per- could be perfectly fine for you, or a Christian school, well, you, you want to make sure that you're spirit-led. God must be leading you because it can be challenging, especially within the church construct. And so the first question is about spirit-led. How is God leading you to biblically informed? Not just how God is leading you, but how is God's Word directing your decision-making? That's a little more specific. The first question, how is God leading you, can be a little uh, theoretical. It can be a little subjective. But now I'm asking you, how are you deriving what you're doing from Scripture, and it is influencing your decision-making? And so the first thought is spirit-led. The second thought is biblically informed. The third thought is communally advised. How is your community influencing you positively in the decision that you're making? And I want to add to that. How is your community influencing you negatively? As I was saying before, it can, your community can be influencing you negatively. But from a positive side, you want to be communally advised. You want to seek wisdom. You want to borrow our brains. There can be safety in a multitude of counselors, and you want to find at least one that will help you competently, compassionately, and courageously. Spirit-led, how is God leading? Biblically informed, what is God's Word saying? Communally advised, how is your community helping you in the decision-making process? And then number three, seasonal, uh, number four rather, seasonally discerning. How are you discerning and adapting to the changing needs of your children? Now, what I mean by that is that you may start out one way and then you change because seasons change or you you learn more about your child and the needs of your children. And so you adapt. And so you want to be seasonally discerning, meaning you want to revisit this idea of your homeschool or your school choice uh, each year or every couple of years. And you want to think through it because you may not do it the same way for 12 years all the way through high school, you want to be able to adapt. I hesitate to tell you what we have done and why we have have done what we've done, because people can hear that and say, well, this is what Rick did, and so therefore this is what we want to do, and that's what I want to steer away from. But it is a question that we 
we have been asked, and I don't mind sharing with you what we have done, but my concern is is that that will be the way that some people will they'll take their cues from that and they'll do the same thing, and it will miss the points of that I've been making thus far. How is God leading your family? How is God directing your decision-making? How is your community influencing you? And how are you discerning and adapting? But I'll go ahead and answer the question because I know many of you are curious about that. We chose to homeschool for the first part of our children's academic life. And the reason we did that is, it, honestly, it had had less to do about academics and homes. It had less to do about homeschool, public school, private school, Christian school, and it had more to do with character development. We were more interested in the character development development of our children than their uh, academic development. And so academics has been a secondary issue with us because character has always been the primary thing. And in order for us to be able to help our children to mature uh, in Christ-likeness and to be able to live well in God's world, they had to have heart development. They needed to be developed from the inside out, and that's what I mean by character development. And the way that you do, or well, the way that we chose to do that, is to spend as much time as possible with them, so that we can learn their uniqueness, so that we can customize our parenting to each one of them, so that we could be with them, so that we could model imperfectly the gospel before them, and by all of this hands-on, twenty-four-seven. Uh, interaction, we were able to be able to be more effective parents, and so we chose to homeschool. And so the homeschool option was not so much about academics as it gave us a context where we could have them home in front of us for a for longer periods of time. And then as our children got older, uh, we began to implement. Uh, middle school, uh, outside of homeschool, uh, we use what we call, in our area, we call a co-op, where uh, many families come together and they go to a, a structure, a facility, and they uh, take classes and, and do that. And then uh, we now have, at this point in our life, we have a high school option, which is a, a small public school, a charter school is what it is. And so our, our our two oldest children are in charters, a high school, a public school setting, and our third child will go to high school, a, a charter school, public school setting as well. And so we have adapted, and that's one of the reasons I mentioned that you want to be seasonally discerning. Uh, we believe that we've, we've done about as good as we can do with their character development, and now we want to incrementally release them into the world in a minimally controlled environment, but somewhat controlled, and so they're uh, heading to a small public school, and that's the way that we did it. Now, I want to put a big caveat here, big footnote. That's not a suggestion that this is the way that you should do it. You want to be spirit-led, biblically informed, communally advised, and seasonally discerning. One of the most sensitive areas in which parents have a hard time in this is trusting the Lord when it comes to their child's education. The most common temptation is that some parents are, are too education-centric, as though academics is the key to a child's success. We do not believe that. I believe in academics, and I believe that our children need to be uh, academically trained to fulfill the capacity that God has prescribed to them. 
because I'm well aware that academics is a key to their future vocational success and how they're going to live on this earth, materially speaking. But I also know that there is a danger that you can be uh, education-centric because of a faulty interpretation as to what success is. Most people in America believe that success is making a lot of money, uh, having whatever the right job is. You'll have to fill in the blank on that one. Living in a large house and having a ton of what they would call material blessings, and that's how they interpret this idea of, uh, of success. I do not interpret success that way. Uh, to me, success is, uh, well, I, I, I prefer to say biblical success, and I will draw my cues from Joshua 1.8. When Joshua said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Good success, according to the Bible, is a person who understands the Bible and is trying to live out the Bible. That is the success, the primary success that I want my children to have. Oh, I would love for it if they would have millions of dollars and live in a, a comfortable home and have all the accoutrements that this world can offer within moderation. I'm not opposed to those things, but those are secondary matters. Success for me does not come primarily through education. It comes through what Joshua said. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, and that you be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Joshua says when you do that, you will have good success. My view is that parents should be bibliocentric rather than education-centric, meaning they should be more concerned about their children knowing the Lord than knowing math or science. And I don't want you to hear in that that I am promoting ignorance and I want my children to be dumb as dirt. I don't. I have a high view of education, but it's a matter of 1A and 1B. And when it comes to 1A and 1B, education is B. Loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is A. If God's Word does not shape the character of a child, their future brilliance, whatever it may be, could more than likely be one of the biggest hindrances that keeps them from becoming a person after the Lord's heart. If a child is missing this main thing, as Deuteronomy 6 teaches, as I mentioned earlier that Matthew 22 teaches, as I teach my children, there's really only four words that you need to master or be mastered by. Love God, love others. If the child is missing this main thing, the two great commandments, rest assured that your school choice, choice decision, whatever it may be, will not benefit your child in the way that your child needs to benefit. And so school choice is first and foremost a faith issue. What do I mean by that? Well, here are four, uh, three, rather, faith statements. I believe faith. I believe belief is a synonym for faith. I believe that my primary job is to teach my children about God and His Word. I believe that the most important thing for my child is to love God and love others more than anything else. I believe the Lord will take care of the future needs of my child as he promised us in Matthew 
633. I have more questions here that I want to ask you, but I don't have time, so I'm just going to leave you with 10 tips that I want you to consider. Number one, make loving God and loving others the main thing for your child to learn. It must transcend whatever your academic choices are. Number two, discern your child from the inside out. If you don't know your child, you'll not be able to lead them academically. Number three, ask the Lord about your child's academic education. Number four, Talk to a few close friends about these things. Number five, remember, there's no one-size-fits-all. Be flexible. Be discerning. Number six, there is a way for each one of your children. You want to be adaptable within your own family dynamic. Number seven, don't flaunt your way as the way. And then number eight, kind of tied to that, don't fall prey to the opinions of others. If you're in a homeschool church, Christian school church, or a public school church, that doesn't mean you have to do that. Number nine, don't compare your child's progress with another child's. Don't put your child in that position and don't do that in your own head. And then number 10, don't brag about how smart your child is. Don't do that. Uh, Academics is great. Uh, figure out which choice works for you. Be ready to adapt, to be flexible if you need to, but be humble. And the main thing is, is make sure your child loves God and loves others more than anything else. There's a good chance they will do that if you love God and love others more than anything else. So my question is, do you? Is God first and foremost in your heart? If you want to chat about this, come to our website. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.